Hey y'all, what's going on today? My name is Lacey. Welcome back to Bike Chats with an Expat. Today, I would like to talk a little bit about that time my family and I moved to Japan. Today, we'll just be talking about the logistics of the move itself. We'll spend another, I'm sure, a few episodes talking about our reasons for moving and our feelings about moving and all of that. But I think it'd be nice to just start this story where my life definitively turned into that of a life of an expat. So here we are back in March of 2020. My family and I had just finished a month-long training about getting into the cross-cultural work field. Um, My husband is a pastor, and so we were moving to Japan to do church work. So we did this month-long training, and that was really helpful. Our certificates of eligibility for, um, for coming to Japan had just been approved. So at the beginning of March, we bought airplane tickets to leave at the end of April. So we had uh, about six weeks or so between buying the tickets and leaving. And we were so excited to say goodbye to everybody really well, have a goodbye party with our family and with our church. We were going to leave shortly after my mom's birthday, actually, uh, which is towards the end of April. So we just had a lot of really sweet moments that we were looking forward to. But it was March of 2020. And as you guys know, most of the things that had been planned for April of 2020 did not happen. There was an NBA game on March 11th between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz. And one of the players actually had tested positive for Corona. The NBA canceled the game. And I feel like in my world, that is the night where everything totally changed for us. So before this particular NBA game, I had made a paper link chain for my kids. They were one and three at the time. Oh, was my daughter three yet? Yeah, she had just turned three. Um, And so I made this paper link chain and each link on this chain represented a day closer to our move to Japan. And so every day we were taking off one link of this chain um, and talking about our feelings about leaving the country and da da da. All of these things that were really helpful for processing. Well, this this chain took up about the length of the of the living room um, because we had almost six weeks before we needed to leave. So it was a nice long chain. And then the NBA canceled that game. My husband got on the phone that night with American Airlines and we moved our tickets up. We had our tickets adjusted to leave the next weekend, March 22nd. And so it was a very big change for us, of course. And I took off um, like 30 paper links in that little chain. And I showed the chain to my daughter the next morning, the very significantly shorter chain. So I showed my daughter this tiny chain and I said, what do you think? And she just looked at it and said, it's smaller. <laughs> um, and that it was. So we sent out an email on Tuesday, the 17th of March, telling everybody that had been supporting us and loving us and and praying with us and all of this, that we were not going to be able to do a goodbye party. We were not going to be able to come over and have a last dinner together. We were not going to be able to uh, do goodbye hugs because we couldn't 
we couldn't risk getting coronavirus, of course. So by Tuesday, everybody had been informed that we were leaving on Sunday. That was really hard. Saying a good goodbye when you're leaving any situation, but specifically for an expat, when you're leaving your country, it is so critical to say a good goodbye, not just to your friends and family who um, either are excited to send you or they're heartbroken to send you or they're angry that you're leaving um, or all three of those and many more feelings. But it is so important when you're leaving one country and going to another country that you can uproot from original country and move over to the country you're going to and your roots, you know, if you imagine like a plant with their roots, that they're open and ready to receive new ground, right? And so you need to uproot and actually say goodbye to the old soil so that whenever you get to the new soil, figuratively and literally, I guess, when you get to the new soil, you can settle and 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 be in your new place. And that was something that we really took to heart and we had spent a lot of time preparing to say goodbye and then that was just totally gone in a moment. Now, imagine with me that we are at the airport. It is dark 30 a.m. My parents dropped us off at the airport. We have eight giant tubs that are the maximum airline regulation size and they have these tiny little wheels so they're not like suitcases they're like um they're storage bins and so they don't really move very well Um, but we had eight of them because that's what we were allowed to fly with and that is all that we brought to japan were these eight tubs of stuff one of the tubs was books and one tub was toys so you know (laughs) we we picked our stuff i'm really glad we picked what we did but Maybe I can talk about that on a different episode. So we had our eight tubs. We got on the airplane. Things went along just fine. Our family has a rule that if you're flying to another country, you're allowed to watch as many screens as you want from the time you leave the house to the time you get to the next house. Um, Super highly recommend that if you're flying with little kids. I'm pretty sure my children watched one episode of Puppy Dog Pals the entire way. It's only a 17-minute show. I don't know how they did it, but they did it, and they both loved it. So we are all about it. So we arrived in Japan finally after a day of travel. We're at the airport in Japan. We're just now getting off the plane. We have to make our first decision in the country of Japan, which is when we get to the bottom of this ramp, do we turn right or left to go to baggage claim? So my husband and I are discussing it, trying to figure out how to go get our eight giant tubs with tiny wheels that don't really work. And I turn around and I see that my kids are just licking the handrails like you would imagine one and three-year-old would do at an airport in coronavirus. But whatever, they're fine. We're fine. Okay, so we get off the plane, we find baggage claim. Somehow my husband miraculously, truly, manages to get these eight giant tubs through security and customs and over to the, um, there's like a delivery service at the airport, so they'll deliver your baggage to your hotel or Airbnb or wherever you're going. We stayed at a an Airbnb whenever we first arrived in Japan. So my husband took care of all of that. I'm dealing with the jet lag children. Somehow we get on 
a bus of some sort that takes us to some bus stop closer to our Airbnb. I don't remember any of that. I know that I slept on that bus. Not really voluntarily. I think I just stopped being able to be awake. Okay, so we get to the bus stop. They drop us off. It's pouring down rain. We're in the middle of a city. It's dark, maybe 10 p.m. I don't know. It could have been 8 p.m. And so we actually took cover in the interior of this little, there was a bank Um, But of course, it's the evening, so they were closed. But they had a little ATM, like an interior ATM. And so we walked in there with the kids and we were in contact with somebody from our church who was able to come, how they found us, how they knew where we were in the city. I don't know. It was incredible to me. But a car and a man I've never met before shows up and tells me that he's the one that we've been waiting for. And so we get in his car and he took us to the Airbnb and we started settling in there. We're at the Airbnb. We had rented out this Airbnb for two months because we knew that finding an apartment in Japan was going to be pretty tricky. Understatement. But and so we rented out this Airbnb for two months. So as soon as we got there, we knew we needed to get some supplies, right? We needed soap and shampoo and toilet paper and all of these things. So remember, March of 2020. We needed soap and toilet paper, but everybody was in that shopping frenzy mode. So there was no soap and there was no toilet paper. Thankfully, I had about 18 tiny bottles of hand sanitizer stuffed throughout all of our different pieces of luggage. So we were set on antibacterial things. We never ran out of toilet paper. That was a huge praise because we were low on toilet paper. We couldn't find any face masks, but you're not allowed to go out without a face mask. So that was a little bit tricky. Somebody from church gave us, they had like two extra face masks. So they gave us those. That was so kind. You weren't allowed to go to parks. Remember, my kids are one and three at the time. We weren't able to meet the church staff that we had come to work with. Everybody was being so careful, and rightfully so, but man, it was tricky. Our church had also canceled services on Sundays for a little while, so we didn't go to church. And my husband had to start um, language school. But actually, the language schools were closed, too. So he just started self-study in one of the bedrooms of our two-bedroom tiny Airbnb. And my kids and I played in the house all day. Well, that is our first week of Japan. Thank you for listening to Bike Chats with an Expat. I'm Lacey. I'm an American who's living in Japan with my husband and two kids. In my early days in Japan, I had a short bike ride each morning between dropping off my kids at their school and getting to my own school to learn Japanese. And I would use that time to talk to somebody back in the States. Those moments were so precious to me. And now I want to share that time with you. Except now I won't be on a bicycle because that's a little too windy and probably doesn't make for a good podcast. So thanks for joining today. I can't wait to talk to you next time. (laughs)